This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Blackhawk Up Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch and Patrick McGann. Welcome back to the Black Hawk Up Podcast. It is episode 13 today. Patrick, it's great to be with you. Great to be back. Uh, both of us now on college winter break. So happy holidays, everyone. Happy and holidays. We're excited sure. to talk some hockey, even though right now the NHL is not necessarily in a good hockey place, but hopefully we can take your minds off of that for a little bit. Yeah, so we'll get it kicking right with that. So the NHL has decided to suspend play until after Christmas. Um, I think that probably is the right thing to do based off of what we've been seeing around the league so far. Pat, do you have any preliminary thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of inevitable, right? I mean, we were kind of looking towards that as more and more teams had to cancel games because of COVID outbreaks within their organization. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, I think it was inevitable. A lot of sports writers are basically saying like, if the, you know, a shutdown is coming, um, and it's unfortunate. It's really sad, obviously. Like, we, we, we want to make sure these players are okay. We want to make sure that, um, you know, they're, it's their well-being over anything else, obviously. Right. Uh, so, you know, it stinks. You know, no hockey to watch, but it makes sense. It's the safe thing to do. Um, and hopefully, we, you know, the NHL comes back stronger and, and uh, you know, these players will hopefully be more immune to, what you know, what's going around as after they've, you know, had it. So what we have, we have some stats in front of me here. Um, Frank Sirivelli um, said 131 players are reported in active protocol, which is 18% of all rosters. 50 games have been postponed, which is 45 in the last eight days. And there's only one game scheduled um, on Tuesday night, Tampa Bay versus Vegas. So we'll see if that game happens and we'll see where the league goes from here. For the Blackhawks, they haven't been affected too much, but Calvin DeHaan has tested um, positive and he's in COVID protocol. Excuse me. He's just in COVID protocol. And uh, I think there, it's the right thing to do to pause play while you can um, before it gets too widespread. And before it just gets, it just takes over the entire league. Stop play while you can, you know, take a little Christmas break and then hopefully we come back after hopefully everyone's back on December 27th. Yeah. Um, You know, just, we don't want to speculate. Yeah. We don't want to speculate, but I, I, I don't really see them going. I, I, I feel like this goes on a couple more days past December 27th. I, I think that's like a target date, but I don't know if that's really the hard date. You know what I mean? Yeah, like let it, let it run its course because obviously, you know, the whole COVID thing with 10 to 14 days and letting it run its course. And, you know, I think they'll let this maybe run its course. I agree with you there, Jim, that it might go a little bit past Christmas. But, yeah, I agree. Like let these guys go home for Christmas and – right go with their families and hopefully uh, stay away from COVID. And then, you know, hopefully they come back stronger, but I, I agree. Right thing to do. Um, and, you know, just keep these players safe and healthy. That's, that's what's most important at the end of the day, keep their families healthy as well. Well, and I mean, I'm, there's a little bit of a bright side of it is you have this time now in your schedule to potentially make up these games with the NHL kind of being hesitant to go to the Olympics this year. Right. Yeah. And it actually, they officially announced that they're, they're not going to go and, um, and so it, right. Like that's a, that's a good, good couple of weeks there where you could go ahead and make up some games, um, and, and get the season back on track and finishing where you want it to finish. 
Um, you know, obviously if, if we'll shift that just a little bit, like really, you know, kind of sad a little bit that, you know, players aren't going to be able to go to the Olympics and, you know, obviously that it's, it's fun to watch the best of the best play for their country. Um, but you know, it's all, it's all having to do with safety this time of year. And, uh, that's all that matters, obviously. And so, um, you know, like you said, that's, there's a, you know, a big, a huge chunk of February is open to make up a lot of these games. And then yeah. while that sucks for players who are planning on taking that break, um, still, you know, it is your job at the end of the day. Well, it will be interesting to see because there is the um, business side of it. A lot of these teams have actually probably already rented out those stadiums for concerts and different things. Right. It'll be really interesting to see how they, you know, work on the fly to try and get some games in there if they even can. Otherwise the season's just going to go a little bit longer on the end of the year. Right. Um, right. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely a lot of logistics is even then still like, even if the season goes into even, you know, venues could be booked out into, you know, June, July. So right. it's, uh, it's, it's a very, uh, very volatile situation, obviously. And it's kind of, you know, almost flying by the seat of their pants sort of thing. And, uh, you know, um, we'll obviously see in the coming months what, I, what ends up happening in the whole situation. But, um, yeah, just uh, going to be a couple of days without some hockey, which is a bummer. But, um, I don't know, fire up the, the PlayStation and maybe play your own hockey or whatever <laughs> it may be. Um, but, uh, yeah. As of now, the Blackhawks have only had three games postponed, one back on December 13th against the Calgary Flames. Right. Uh, one on December 21st, which would have been tonight but against the Florida Panthers. And then again on December 23rd against the Dallas Stars. Um, so as of now, their next game would be on December 28th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll see if that happens. You can get tickets, actually. They're pretty decently priced for that game. Um, at, at home. At home. It's center. a home game. Yep. I think there is a little bit. I think every team actually is just getting this a little bit of an advantage here because now they get a little bit of time to rest, you know, um, a little bit right. more of a longer break. And they've been playing a lot of hockey this past, like the past couple of years. And it's been really on a different schedule. You know, last year we were still trying to see if we were going to have a season. Um, right. On, right. It started, gosh, was it January 11th or January 14th? Um, they've been playing a lot of hockey. And I think the Blackhawks in particular, guys like Taze and Kane and maybe even like Marc-Andre Fleury, they can all really benefit from a little rest right here. Right. The older guys, your leaders of the team, all the veterans can really just benefit from, like you were saying, just a rest because you know, obviously the older you get, it's no secret. The NHL season becomes more of a grind. And obviously right. we sit, we and you sit here saying this at age 20 and 21, <laughs> but still, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it becomes just a grind for these players and it becomes harder and harder to just get through a season unscathed or, you know, not feeling the pain or, you know, whatever it is. And so, a lot of teams I think could benefit from this little bit of a break. Um, and obviously, you know, back when COVID first started, a lot, I think a lot of people were saying this as well. And then, you know, a whole huge pause came of that. Hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Um, but um, yeah, you know, if, if this ends up being like a, you know, one to two week break to get everything back on track, I think the Hawks can benefit from it specifically with, you know, Taze and right. Kane, a lot of those, like you were saying, the older guys on this team, the leaders, they come back refreshed, they come back ready to play hockey, they go see their families, they kind of not get that out of their system, but, you know, just spend time with the people they love and, uh, you know, come back refreshed and ready to play the game. Well, I think it is a little interesting to see the Blackhawks had practice today, which, I mean, um, 
I don't know if that really makes sense if you're trying to pause, but right. <laughs> uh, uh, quote from Derek King on Dehan going into COVID protocol. I said earlier that he has COVID. That was a misstep. I should not have said that. It's COVID protocol. We do not know uh, for certain if he has it or if it's just a close contact thing. Derek King said, we we're just taking a real strong precaution with him. We're following the protocol to a T, keeping him away from everybody. We're on top of it. Our doctor's on top of it. Touch wood. Everybody's healthy. Um, you know, the Blackhawks have been relatively COVID-free so far this season. Right. Yeah. Um, the Hawks have been one of the teams that haven't had to deal with it as much as, you know, yeah. the teams we've seen, like Calgary, one of those big teams. And one thing that is kind of interesting to say is the three games the Blackhawks have to make up, they're all home games, which that could really be a benefit later on in the year. Right. Your schedule to have just three home games to have to make up that could, you know, that's six potential points. If you want to talk playoffs, bad. I know right. before we went on the air, you were saying there's still hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, um, I, I said on this podcast months ago saying the Hawks are going to uh, be that third spot in the central division. Um, mm-hmm. I sat on here saying that I'm not going to sit, say you're continuing to defend that but you know maybe maybe there's this glimmer of hope uh blackhawks 26 points right now 10 points out of any potential playoff spot but um yeah i mean hey six points you could do it you just got to go on a little bit of a winning streak and like you said um you know six home games and while they might be tough home games like the florida panthers obviously very good team dallas stars a little bit better um but uh yeah i mean who knows you know, I never, think never say die. The one thing that is really interesting about this team is they started the year off one nine and two. One nine and two. And now today they're eleven, fifteen, and four. That is improvement. A lot of improvement. That's a lot of improvement. And you know, even the games they're losing right now, most of them have been actually kind of close. You know what I mean? Um, right. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if I told you their their goal differential was minus twenty five, would you be surprised? Would you be? What, what, how would you feel if I told you that after the, um, the way they started the season? I mean, I I got to figure out where they were at the start of the season. <laughs> I mean, the... honestly, minus twenty five—that's nothing good, right? But that's, that's pretty bad. Me, if you but... if you told me they started the season the way you just told me, yeah, I would I'd tell you, wow, that that's that's pretty good if that's where they're at now. I mean, they're they yeah. are they are scoring more. Um, and we've seen an improvement with them, but like, like you said, there's been improvement. Is there enough improvement to make it all the way to the Stanley cup playoffs? Probably no. not. Um, but I think but, there are some positives to take into the off season and into next season. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's some momentum you can carry forward now, obviously a new coach as well, that, that changes some things too. So like you said, improvement for the Blackhawks, nothing crazy. We're not going to sit here and t- be biased. Hawks fans and say oh my god like they're so good all of a sudden no no like there's improvement we like what we're seeing compared to what we were were seeing in the beginning <laughs> um and uh you know I think there's a path for this team moving forward um and and hopefully starting next season this team will be the, the competitive team we expected this season right 100 percent. I think if you if you take away those first um 12 games this this uh season honestly hasn't been too bad i mean no um they they would probably actually be in the hunt for a playoff spot they still have a big they have a big crutch on their their leg to try and get back into this but right you know what if if they somehow find a way to get back and sneak in 
do not do not underestimate them because that that's a big way to overcome you know like it, when they started the year one nine and two and people would say like oh you know the st louis blues did it when they were really bad and then they fired their coach and brought in someone new and um they ended up winning the cup that year i kept saying that doesn't make sense this one nine and two is on a different level right but if they somehow put up like a five six game winning streak and after this break if they like if you look at their upcoming games um they have a lot of matchups against teams like Arizona, Columbus, you know, like they Seattle, Anaheim, there are winnable games out there. They just need to do it. And then their divisional matchups. I, I would say, well, we Anaheim, get, I shouldn't have said it. I was about to say, yeah, Anaheim is not the Anaheim of, of seasons prior. They are. Yeah, no, they're, but there, there are some games out there that they could win potentially. Yeah. And oh, but, for if sure. they can start, I mean, if they could start playing well against their division, because you have a couple matchups against divisional rivals coming up, like you know the Arizona Coyotes. No, I'm joking. The Winnipeg Jets and Nashville Predators. Some things right. can change. You Man, can climb Pat, up. If, if you can get to 500 by the end of the January, or even a little bit better above that, that is a win. That's a win, and this team is not far from 500. I mean, no. excluding overtime losses, but um, yeah, I mean, this is. It's a real possibility. Obviously, like we're not saying it's going to happen. It's, it's it's a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, you know, you, you have some opponents where you can get some momentum going. You figure you win you win the games you you, need, you win the games you're supposed to slash need to win, uh-huh. and you get a couple more of games you're not supposed to win. We're looking at a team that's just barely over 500, like we've seen in the, those mediocre seasons prior. And anything can happen past then. You get your experience, you get your leadership going, new coach, like we were saying, you never know. You never know. Well, let's talk about some other things you never know. Uh, before we were talk, we got on, you were actually talking about some interesting trade ideas. Do you want to jump in with some of that? Yeah. I mean, that, Hey, we are getting every single day. We're closer to the deadline. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the trade deadline. It's always a really fun time of year, just seeing what goes on around the NHL, what, what who's available and, what teams are looking for. And so I would love to talk about that. I mean, it's never too early for me to start talking about trade deadline <laughs> rumors. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, today I actually talked a little bit about the NHL draft, so it's never too early to look ahead. So let's never too in. early to look ahead, especially when your team isn't uh, performing <laughs> to what you think. But I was reading something on Bleacher Report the other day, give us some credit out there. It's by the Bleacher Report NHL staff. So not uh, giving specific authors on that one, but uh, just giving credit for the, their staff. I saw a trade. It made me think about something Jimmy said on here one time. And uh, it was, they say the Rangers swinging big on Patrick Kane. And it says, uh, basically, the trade would be Patrick Kane for Capo Caco, Vitaly Kravtsov. I apologize if I butchered that, probably did. Uh, a 2022 first-round pick and a conditional 2024 second-round pick. I mean, that person must have listened to this podcast because Jimmy Lynch hit this man himself mentioned a trade very very similar to that uh, on this podcast prior i mean you know we appreciate all the longtime listeners out there this is episode <laughs> 13 for gosh gosh darn sakes but uh no it's um i i think a lot of people are talking about it because it makes sense why wouldn't yeah. you patrick came to new york to play with panarin again and you know maybe go on to try and win a stanley cup honestly that would be really fun to see does it happen maybe maybe not but like like you were saying like i don't even think new york would want that trade because yeah. it's it, the return for the hawks is pretty good 
Well, New York is kind of Capo Caco and a couple of their other top draft picks are kind of flirting a little bit with being not a bust, but, you know, a Kirby Doc type of player where Kirby Doc has not really lived up to his potential. Obviously, right. all those guys are still really young, but New York is probably one of the only teams that has the assets and it, it makes sense to go after a player like Patrick Kane. Right. If you were any other team in the league and you could have Patrick Kane for another couple of years of dominance, why wouldn't you go for that? Right. Um, and it's, obviously, it's, the no movement clause is a thing, but right. I also, at this point, all of the connections, besides like the fans, like the players, that, the people that drafted Patrick Kane aren't here. The, the coaches he had, a lot of his teammates aren't here anymore. Yeah, I mean, the only teammate that's here is Jonathan Tays. Um, so it kind of, to me, it does make a little bit of sense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like you also mentioned this last time, like not necessarily Buffalo, but he's closer. He's in his home state. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like it, it, I don't think, and they're like, hey, attack me here, but I don't, I think if there's any jersey besides a Blackhawks jersey, I think he'd look pretty good in a Rangers jersey. I mean, he, I mean, definitely not any anywhere in division or in conference. I mean, New York Rangers, you know, the well, yeah, it, it crosses that box too of being out of our division. You don't right. trade, you don't trade a star player into your same conference. Right. Right. Um, but to put him on a team like New York, where like the, there needs, it needs to be said that Patrick Kane has had no connection to any player like he had with Artemi Panarin. Oh my goodness. They, they were on a different level compared to anything else. And you could still see every time they play each other, Kane's always going out there to talk to Panarin before practice, like before the games and doing all that kind of stuff. They mess right. around with each other. Kane doesn't do that. Kane doesn't like that. That has not been a thing throughout his career with anyone. You know, maybe right. if him and Patrick Sharp were more close in age when they were winning or something like that. But New York just makes a ton of sense. It's another big market team. You want him on a big market team. You want your right. star players like that. Right. And right. as a Blackhawks fan, I think it makes sense for both parties. And I'd, like I'd root for Kane. I don't want Kane to go to a team like Columbus or a team like Florida. I want him on like a top team where right. he can he, continue to be a he star. Fits, he fits with New York, I think, more than any other team he could be potentially traded to, yeah. considering where that team is, who they have on their team, and the market. Um, and you know, as Hawks fans, it would obviously be painful to see Patrick oh, Kane go. But but I think like when we say he's going to be in good hands, I, I really think that he would have a real opportunity to add one more Stanley cup to his resume before, you know, eventually going out and retiring in the next, you know, whatever that is five, 10 years. Um, but he, he's, he's uh, like you said, that connection with Artemi Panarin, I think that Kane would also very much consider, you know, before waving a, a, tra- a no movement clause, like I, I think he would very much consider, you know, playing, in a spot with Artemi Panarin in a big market, a team that's, you know, vying for the Stanley cup. I think he would very much consider that. And, and before he would actually, I mean, obviously he probably doesn't want to leave Chicago. He, he's obviously settled down there, that whole, that sort of thing, but still. Yeah. Well, um, I, th- I think, I think there to also consider. needs to be something that needs to be said about the fact that uh, we're going on, gosh, the Blackhawks won a Stanley cup last in 2015. Right. So we're about to be seven years removed from that. Right. Um, haven't been, really in the playoffs unless you want to count the um, count that the play in year they haven't been in a playoff series since 2017 and they did the they did the rebuildish stuff they did the retool 
And this year they were supposed to turn it around, whether or not you believe that or not. But this really was supposed to be the year to give them a real chance to win or to set up a real chance to win next year. And right. it really hasn't done that. No, it hasn't. And unless you're planning on your interim GM, uh, which for this actually is going to transition us into the next phase of our, yeah. um, uh, what we're going to talk about, unless you're going to rely on him or the new guy coming in to make moves this summer or at the deadline, like where is this team realistically going? Yeah. We were just talking about how things are looking a little bit up, but still like you, you need some, you still need some acquisitions and some stuff to get done before you want to think about winning, you know, another Stanley cup with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. That's still pretty far down the road. Yeah. So Kyle Davidson is the interim GM of the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think he has the training wheels on. I, I think he can do whatever he wants. He can make moves, but I don't think he should until there are, there's someone in place above him. You know what I mean? Like right, we need a right, president right. of hockey operations. We, we need a full-time GM. Even if it is him, we need someone to be in the position to make moves that are going to affect them for years to come. Right. This arguably right now, this team has like so much going on compared to in years past. There are a lot of um, intangible variables out there. You know, you have mm-hmm. Dominic Kubelik needs a contract. Alex DeBrincat's going to be up at the end of next season. You only have one goalie signed after this year. Right. There are a lot of things that need to happen. And you want to have the person in place that's going to do that to be the one that's going to be working with the team for years to come. Right. Um, the president of hockey operations, the one player everyone keeps talking, or the one person everyone keeps talking about is Eddie Olchek. Yep. Uh, I don't, I think it makes sense. I, I just don't know if it is, is now really the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would have, um, I would, go ahead talk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just it, like you said, like you said, excuse me. A lot of people have been throwing that name around. I think it'd be interesting. Um, I miss him in the booth. He's a good broadcaster, but uh, yeah, I mean, go ahead, wait, go ahead with what you were going to say, Jim. I mean, I think you had a good, I think you ha- have some good points we talked about earlier well, before the show. Um, you know, he's got that new gig with TNT being the broadcaster there. And I just don't, with the way like the Blackhawks broadcast itself is how they're like switching things up now and they're going to go with Pat Foley. Maybe it makes sense that they're going to be done with him in the booth and they're going to try and go that route with him and, I think he'd be a great uh, president of hockey operations because he's a fan favorite person that everyone likes. Yeah. It'd be a pretty good move there. You know, from and, Chicago and yes. bodies, you know, I just, we need someone there <clears throat> now we need, there needs to be a face for that position right. as soon as possible because exactly you need to know other teams need to know who they're actually working with. They need to know the person they're playing, like they're, making moves with if there's no one in mm-hmm. place why would you make a move with the hawks right now unless exactly. you think you're going to take advantage of them yeah <laughs> you know Which, what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> you I mean, have an hey. interim gm in position i mean i know kyle davidson has been in the position um been with the team for a long time and i'm fine with them naming him the official gm of the team it's just there needs to be a decision on that front i know i've said that a couple times now and i've written about that but um Eddie Olchek would be fine for the job. I, I like, there's a lot of guys out there. I, I wouldn't mind if it's someone we don't know, you know what I mean? It's right. Um, it, it's funny with GMs and all these other positions, it seems to just be a rotating cast of like 32 people. Yep. Um, same with coaches. You never, you don't yep. really see new people getting brought in. Hence right. Mike Yo is the coach of the um, Philadelphia Flyers right now. Hey, don't hate Mike Yo. <laughs> 
And uh, he was yeah, part no. of history in St. Louis when he got fired and then they went on to win a Stanley Cup. So you're right. He also he also is he's co- <laughs> he coached for the Minnesota Wild for a while. Um, that's a no, big Mike Yo fan. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a big Mike Yo fan. I, I always have been though. I mean he's <laughs> I, I I went on a little bit of a wild kick back in the day. Yeah. And uh I, I was a big fan of him. Then he went over to St. Louis, then yep, he did get fired from there. Um, but now he's at the home in Philadelphia. Um, he, he's a, he's a good coach. Um, at least I just in my remember opinion. when he, um, do you remember when he had that big, got really mad at his players and he basically like did the, again, miracle thing. with Yeah. I can, skated I, can, him? <laughs> I can see it, but yeah, he's a, uh, he's, he's a good guy. Um, he actually, I, uh, I work for the university of Utah hockey program. He has some ties in there with uh, some of the staff on our, our program. So he's, he's a really nice guy. And he's, he's, he's been treating that our program nicely from, from what I've heard and been told. So um, that's a bit, another big reason. That's a, kind of a coincidence. I was a big fan of him before I even was a part of that program. So it's kind of cool to see that. Um, but yeah, um, like you said, it really is a rotating, you know, it, it, like the same couple guys, especially with coaching in the NHL. Um, and so it, it, like you said, it's it, sooner rather than later would be good to finalize this sort of thing. The hockey because, ops, the coaching staff, I that that can ride oh, out yeah. all year. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I should have been clear. Right. Um, is, yeah, before the trade deadline, especially right. because I mean the Blackhawks, they're gonna be in a dynamic situation. Like like you said earlier, like what happens if they put something together and make a little bit of a run? Or what happens if things kind of stay where they are? Are you gonna be a yeah. seller? Um, and so that needs to be taken care of by the trade deadline at the very latest, in, in my opinion. Um, and then obviously this summer is going to be a big summer for the Hawks. Basic, you know, it, it, it really, the rest of the season kind of depends or the season up to the trade deadline kind of, you know, is going to decide what the Blackhawks do this summer with their assets and their cap space. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, Jim, I'm totally on the same page. Like that needs to happen. Like now that needs, that's something they should be looking into. And I'm sure they are, but they, they need to make that process a little bit quicker. And, you know, I know we've just been talking about how, like, the Blackhawks could, you know, maybe win a couple games and get on a winning streak, and who knows who knows that. But we also should mention the fact that it seems it's probably nearly impossible that they actually do make the playoffs. You right. Know, I, right. I think we both right. believe that, but yeah, um, we, we're just talking about all variables. And I just also – part of the reason why I think it's, it's not going to happen is because some teams that I think everyone anticipated to be – on the outside aren't doing that this year. Right. Some good teams like Anaheim, um, Calgary, Nashville, St. Louis, all those teams that we kind of thought weren't going to be good this year have been really good. Right. And that, that hurts the Hawks. Yes. hundred percent. That hurts their chances of getting in. I mean, when you have typically, I mean, we can go back and and get the stats on this. Typically the, the, the Western conference, or excuse me, the, the central division, Sends two very good division, yeah. Right, they send two to the playoffs. Right now, it's it's a Pacific and a Central. Well, Edmonton is in a wild card. Spot. When we talk about wild card teams and the two teams in wild card spots are Colorado and Edmonton, right? That should right. just tell us all how hard Before, it would be for the Blackhawks to actually get back into the picture. Exactly right. <laughs> I was I was actually just about to say that before the show. I was looking at you know who is in those wild cards standing. Yeah. and I was like, oh my god, Colorado and Edmonton, like. <laughs> It, that's, it's going to be it's not going to be easy for the Hawks to claw back in if this if they do it but you know because Edmonton they're just a wagon this year yeah. and they're going to continue to be a wagon um and 
Colorado really, they're, you know, they didn't start the year off great, but it's Colorado. No. They're, they're fine. They're coming back. They're, yeah, get they're, there. they're bouncing back. They, but no. they might be a strong playoff team. And then Vegas also didn't start the year well, but they're now in the top three in the Pacific division. So, so even if the Blackhawks don't go on that winning streak, they're still, they need to make some decisions. You could trade right. away a guy like Dominic Kubelik. You could trade Calvin DeHaan, or you can Mark Andre Fleury or maybe get yeah. something for Hagel. Even, Hagel, who has a couple years on his contract, or like what? There's no one that really is not available. I I feel like Hagel is someone you want to build around, but there are like you got you're gonna do something. You got to make some right. trades. You got to fix yep. this somehow, and they need someone in a spot like that. So, um, yeah, it's. I feel like we've we're just kind of talking around in a circle here on it, but it's. Let's talk a little bit about one interesting situation. Paul Maurice with the Winnipeg Jets decides to step mm-hmm. away as coach. Um, you don't really see stuff like that where the coach decides to leave the team and he isn't really let right. go. I think that's a really, you know, I hope all goes well for him and I hope right. nothing for nothing but the best. But mm-hmm. I think that was kind of really a unique situation, just kind of like off his character alone to do something like that was kind of cool. Yeah. And he's he's always been a coach that I've kind of respected in his own right. He's yeah. uh, he he's had a, he had a pretty good run up there in Winnipeg uh, with the Jets, um, and and yeah, you know right now they're they're sitting at fifth in the in the uh, Central Division, uh, and actually not necessarily um, that far out of things. I mean, three points out of the playoffs. No, but uh, yeah, interesting to see him kind of resign in that sort of situation. But you know, if things aren't working out, he and, and you have the 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 foresight to see that. And, and, and if you, you know, you, you really want to do that for the best for the team and, and, and for yourself, I think that's a really respectful decision to make. Um, and obviously for Winnipeg kind of sucks because that was their guy. And, you know, they, they, you know, they're a team that's in the middle of a, um, yeah. and they were kind of caught off guard race. by that move. And... Yeah. Right. Right. And so like they're, they're, they're looking at their caught looking for a guy now, but you know, um, Hey, Props to him for doing that. I think that's a good move, a pretty respectful move. Um, I was kind of sad to see it because I, I really did like him up there. With he was he was really – I think he embodied that team. He was a really good coach for them. Um, but, you know, obviously at the end of the day, what's important for his family and then secondly, secondly the team and those players. Um, and if he made that decision on those factors, like props to him and respect uh, mm-hmm. for him. Also just a situation where you kind of look at where you're at and say – I don't think I'm going to be able to get this team to the next level and it right. wouldn't be right for me just to sit here and keep going through the motions of it just right. because I can. Right. Um, right. And that's also a respectful move to make too. Just kind of, you know, obviously in the moment, that's probably not what management wants to hear, but you know, if, if that's what needs to be done and, and if he truly doesn't think that, that that's the case and they'll move forward with someone new and it'll be interesting to see uh, who Winnipeg signs, because again, like, like I said, they're in the middle of a playoff race. They are right. very well uh, uh, eligible for a wild card spot this year. It's I, it's so interesting just looking at the standings of things right now. Right, you have like Vancouver makes their coaching and management change, and now they're on a six game win streak. It's um, they're not five hundred yet; they're almost there. But the, the league right now is just Edmonton has been iffy and. There's like Vegas still on that five game winning streak without no Jack Eichel yet. Like this is going to be a really fun year for the playoffs and everything in general, which kind of brings us to that next point of, you know, the holidays are here. What, like if you could have anything happen, what would be on like your Christmas list basically where 
you want to watch this or it could be about the Blackhawks or just the league in general. Yeah, I don't know. I think about that. Like my my Christmas wish list for, I guess, the, the NHL would just be, yeah. um, uh, I don't know. I I, I think I obviously wish... we start with uh, that they can finish the season and everyone stays healthy. Right. Well, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. I, I, I That's wish a given. for that. Um, and, uh, but I don't know. Like for the Hawks, I, I guess what we just talked about, like I, I hope they – they, I want them to figure out their hockey operations situation. Um, Cause then as soon as they do that, they can start to, you know, make moves and build. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I want to get into, you know, wishing for a specific, like, Oh, I think they need to add another forward or, you know, demon, whatever it is. I don't want to get into that, but um, yeah, I hope for that for the Blackhawks. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I hope that they, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of hope they keep the role with King for a while, Derek King. I hope he, he, yeah. that isn't just the interim because I think he's been fitting the team really well. I like him. That's just me personally. Maybe that's not a popular opinion, but I hope they kind of keep him because I think he could really uh, bring this team up from where they are right now. Maybe not win them a Stanley Cup, uh, but I think he's he's the right guy for where they're at right now. I have a, I have a couple NHL league wide ones. My first off has to be Phil Kessel gets traded to a team. <laughs> I want him in the playoffs again. Yeah. Uh, he's on an expiring that's a, that's contract a worth point. a lot, but I'd like to see him get moved and potentially get a chance at winning another Stanley cup. Um, besides that, maybe I, I think the Blackhawks should trade flurry. I don't know where. Yeah. I hope they uh, talk to him about it. Um, and I hope they, I hope he gets a chance to win a Stanley cup. That'll yeah. be closer to the deadline. Right. And I would not be surprised if the return is literally like a second round pick similar to what we got for Leonard when we traded him to Vegas. But I think that would be a really interesting move. Yeah. Besides that, I guess I, I, a big Christmas wish, I guess would be that they finish at least 500, you know? Yeah. Um, We don't really want them to have that bad of a draft pick because it's not like the Blackhawks have it. Right. So play out the season, just play hard hockey and just do your best. Cause there's, there's no reason not to, you know, you're, it's not like you're tanking this for point. the pick. Right. Like Arizona um, still with six wins. Let's ha- let's do that. Does Arizona get to 15 wins on the season? Oh man. That's. And uh, it depends. They keep Phil Kessel. <laughs> Cause <laughs> um, that team. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I was looking the other day at their roster and like, who was on that team? Jacob Chikrin and mm-hmm. Phil Kessel. Is that yeah. like the only guys that really actually like kind of matter from that team? Right. Uh, or I guess Clayton Keller. Uh, he's a, he's a good player too, but man, what? It's just like a oh, down there. Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, Andrew Ladd. Good old it's Andrew not... Ladd back in the league playing. Yeah. Back. He's playing in Arizona. I mean, I'm sure he's kind of enjoying that, though. You know, older guy he, in the nice warm the weather. League, though, so that works, yeah. I think. Nick Schmoltz, um, ex-Blackhawk, playing down X-Hawk. there. I um, think we'll we'll do a whole podcast about trades from Bowman and people in general, though. But I, it's it's past the point to say that the Blackhawks probably did not win the Dylan Strome for Nick Schmoltz trade. Probably um, not. Um, <laughs> we'll but, talk about that another time, though. But, like, the, you know – 
like I was saying, like the, the I, I was looking at the roster, I was just like, man, like they, they just kind of have a lot of players like you've never really heard of before. But like also at the same time, like uh Shane Gosisbeer, the guy uh-huh. from Philadelphia, like he had a decent run there. He's down there. Um and then Carter Hutton, their goaltender. Um listen, ex Buffalo Saber. I think but, if if they had their way, they would play no goaltender. <laughs> they would just let other teams score 40 goals on them every game. It's it's just mm. – is it going to – here's my question. This is kind of a joke of, joke of a question. But remember that one year Colorado had one of the worst seasons in NHL history? Is that what Arizona is going to turn out to be Colorado and become one of the best teams in the league after this whole situation? Oh, no, Arizona is not going to be one of the best teams in the league <laughs> next year, if that's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm saying, oh, like, remember – but remember the whole Colorado situation like five years ago when they had like one, literally one of the worst yeah. seasons in, in recent history. And they, that's how they ended up, you know, rebounding. Is that going to be the Coyotes? No, obviously not. But it's kind of funny to think about that. Uh, that rebound was so interesting because the amazing thing about it too was the fact they didn't even have their first round draft pick that year. Right. It was the next year that they had traded, Um, gosh, was it? Duchesne? Ottawa or New New Jersey's pick. They had a team in Ottawa. They had Ottawa's first round draft pick for the next year. And that's how they got a really high draft pick. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing to see different teams like deal their picks and San Jose's done it. Ottawa's done it. <laughs> and now apparently the Hawks have done it too. <laughs> um, it looked like it looked really bad for the Hawks because they were that bottom team in the league, but now they've worked up a little bit, but I think another interesting team to mention, I, I know we're a Blackhawks podcast, so we won't mention it in very happy ways, but the Detroit Red Wings are in a playoff spot. Yep. Um, and they actually seem to be a team pushing. They they have a shot. Their only real competition is Boston. Who's um, been having a down year as well. Yeah. I personally would like to see Boston and Detroit in the playoffs and Pittsburgh on the outside. I, I think a... <laughs> I hate Pittsburgh more than I hate Detroit. And that could be an unpopular opinion. Actually, you know what? Hawks fans from the 90s will agree with me. I, I don't know if that's true. If you're listening right now and you're a longtime Hawks fan, let us know because that might be our age showing, Pat. A lot of Hawks fans hate Detroit. Yeah. Be, but, I, uh, I mean, like, that's a big rivalry that we don't like. That's Detroit, it. Both, though. I mean, like, the Penguins beat the Hawks in the yeah. Stanley Cup. I mean, that's Fine. also. You're right. I think we sacrificed the Red Wings rivalry for just a hatred for the Penguins league wide. To want them yeah, I think the everyone just hates the Penguins, I guess, unless you're Actually, from Pittsburgh. Actually, I, I do like watching them lose in the first round. <laughs> um, yeah. Which has happened a lot in the past, because then they don't even get a good draft pick. Right, right. That's a good point. That's as long as they're suffering, they're yeah. the team. Exactly. Uh, and Crosby, he's starting to get towards the autumn years of his career. Um, you know. You can still play, but yeah. We'll, we'll see about all those players and um, yeah, I, guess, I don't, maybe, yeah, I guess I shouldn't have said that then who knows, maybe we'll get some <laughs> feedback. If you, if, if you are a listener at me or Jimmy on Twitter and say, and say what you think, do you really think if you're a longtime Hawks fan, do you hate Detroit or Pittsburgh more? That's a good poll. You know, Jim, you should, you should make that poll on your Twitter account. You make your, make that poll and I'll retweet it with Blackhawk up. We'll get that out. Oh, there. All right. All right. That's um, a good, that's a good poll. Yeah. 
I, we did tweet out recently, like, what's the biggest Hawks rivalry right now? And we got a lot of responses saying, like, the salary cap themselves. <laughs> um, I said it on the eve of a game against Nashville because I thought Nashville made sense. Yeah, Nashville or, like, St. Louis. But, Gosh, yeah. someone said, like, <laughs> New York or something. And I was like, well, I think that might just be because we played them twice in the past couple weeks. But whatever you think. The salary cap, well, that's a good one. That, yeah. I mean, for so long. That's so it's so true. Okay, wait, I have it right here. Jeremy Colleton versus Derek King. <laughs> They're their own top rival. I mean uh <laughs> Stan Bowman makes sense. The Blues, St. Louis. I feel like St. Louis is kind of winning. I would say St. Louis is realistically our most or their one nine and two start. That's what someone said. <laughs> fair uh, point <laughs> i guess that does bring up a good point if you're not good do you really have rivalries because it's true in football too i was just about to say the bears and the Packers. The bears and the packers it's not much of a rivalry <laughs> it's more just it's not you know what i mean yeah it's uh it's become just a game a on one-sided the thing yeah yeah uh yeah i don't know it's a good question when you're good it's just like i mean you're, i mean when you're bad it's just like just win the game i don't care yeah. against who but um that's a good point though like I, I feel like i haven't really hated a team as a blackhawks fan in a long time since like yeah. we were in the playoffs which is that's that's actually a really good point because like you don't really need to, you know, like it's not like the games really mean anything. Um, the one thing I really time. don't like is the whole, the divisional format that they set up the wild card stuff. Yeah. I, the whole, where it used to be like where one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five type of thing. I think that created more rivalries than having your same two teams playing each other every year. Which is funny because the NHL did that. Because they wanted rivals. to make rivalries. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, remember the remember how much Hawks fans used to hate Vancouver? Exactly. That, that, that was because of that format. Where you, then you actually play different teams and you get to create more of a rivalry between them. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, it, there was a stretch there where, like, the, you know, the, the most hated people in Chicago were the Sedin twins. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that used to be a thing. And now – most Hawks fans wouldn't even bat an eyelash about the Vancouver Canucks. And it's, I think that's just true also because they aren't, we aren't really good anymore. And neither and are they. Are they. But, right. Yeah. Um, even going back to their last like trip to the playoffs, their last couple Stanley Cups, at least, they played like the same three teams and fine, that creates rivalries, but it doesn't, it doesn't create a lot of rivalries. You know what I mean? It just creates it's like, it's um, like beat, beating up on the Minnesota Wild, and yeah, it's kind of funny the actually. Blues, the Wild, and Nashville. Uh, or... I I know uh, a Wild fan, like a pretty passionate Wild fan from from the, the team I work with, and he he hates the Hawks, like hates the Hawks. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, we never really think about that because we we were on the other side, but you know, on on the fun side of that. But all the Wild fans up there, they still like. I, I feel like there's a lot of people in the NHL who are enjoying the Blackhawks' demise and have been for the last seven years. A hundred percent. That's a hundred percent the truth. They 
Uh, no one really feels bad for this team being bad. No, sure. no, 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 <laughs> they don't. I mean, there are a lot of people who, you know, the Hawks just completely obliterated on their way to some of those Stanley Cups. And, and I'm sure they are very happy to see where the Hawks are at right now, considering well, was funny, like, went down. Their first year that they played each other in the playoffs, it was a close, like, or it was a 5-1 series where, a 4-1 series where Minnesota won one game. The next year it was 4-2. And then the year after that, they swept them. And then they yeah. talked to Taze and Kane after the game. And Taze was like, this is one of the best uh, wild teams we faced in the playoffs. It was great competition. Like, <laughs> the run where, like, Kane had more points than the entire other team during the series. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. It was ridiculous. Oh. I mean, they, they really just beat up on the wild. And it, it was uh, fun for us to watch. But not, I'm sure for their fans, it wasn't. <laughs> and, and those years of, like, yeah. Like some of those playoff series with St. Louis, like, oh my gosh, I remember how fired up I'd get for those games. Cause you know, I hate the blues. Like, oh man, we hate the blues. And it's like, you know, some of those were really, really fun to watch series. Uh, my favorite couple of series are still, I, I mean, obviously the Blackhawks lost the 2014 one against LA. That was, but that game seven had some great hockey. There oh, was some, there was some good hockey there. Obviously it didn't work out. Great well series. Long. But Great my favorite series. series is, I feel like you'd agree with this too, the Anaheim Ducks Blackhawks series in 2015. Oh my gosh, that's the best that, series of hockey ever. I, I in mean, my talk opinion, about for Hawks, Hawks fans at least. Talk about the emotion as a fan. Yeah. During that series, I mean, you go from the Anaheim Ducks absolutely just like giving the Blackhawks zero hope, and then the last two games of the series when the Blackhawks needed to get it done. They just absolutely, completely obliterated the Ducks. And it was so fun to watch as a fan. Like, I will never forget that. Never. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Because in the games that they needed to win, like a clutch team would do, and a team that has the veteran presence and all that sort of thing, they came up and they stepped up big time. And they showed their power. And they said, this is why we're – a team that's winning Stanley cups and has a dynasty is because we need, we can step up when it matters most. And that was the funnest thing to watch. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I remember like when the, the series was two to two at the time and you have like the other team being like, they're only winning their games in OT. They're only winning in OT. So right. We like this series could be over. We could have swept them. And then they win game five. They're up three to two. It was an OT game. And then to come home and win five to two and then yep. go and go there and dominate them and win five yep. to three. Yep. You have a and series like, where and some of those games, I think it was like at some at some point the score was like four zero or something like that. Like they yeah. like like five to three is putting it nicely. Like yeah. they they were kicking butt during some of those games. Like the score was like com- completely like like it was it, it it just was so fun to watch because you're like yeah. you because as a fan, you know, you get nervous and you're like, oh man, like I remember back during the Blackhawks playoff run days, like I'd wake up and I'd have like that hit my stomach, like super nervous every <laughs> single day. And for them to just take care of business like that, it was like, Oh my God, best feeling in the world. Literally just, the best uh, feeling in the world. You were, I feel like there was a, paper a fan. at the time. Someone on Anaheim said like, we're just going to no human could withstand the amount of hits we're going to take on them. And then the top of the paper the next day was like, we're not human. because. <laughs> You have literally you have four defensemen. It was Keith Seabrook, John Merson, and Oduya. They're just on another level. 
it was so oh, cool to see it was, it was so it was oh man that talk about like talk about a, a, a thoroughly played series and yeah. talk about like you know going down and coming back i think that detroit series the second round in 2013 is also yeah. a really good series to talk about mm-hmm. um going down 3-1 and coming back that was also a fun one to watch um and then uh I mean, all the series with the Blues, I feel like have always been great. Even the one that yeah. we lost, the, the Troy Brower post to, or the Brent Seaver post to post and Troy Brower was, winning the game. That, that was, was painful. A, that was very painful. painful to watch. But it was, I think it, that was also a really a, a good series, though. And that was, that was, that was kind of the beginning of the end a, a little bit. In, in a way, it was like, um, like Kenny Taze had like combined like two or three points or something that whole series. And everyone was like, yeah. well, your stars can't, that can't happen. Well, then uh, you go to the next year when you have – you get swept by Nashville and everyone's like, oh, you know, Stan Bowman overreacted and they decided to trade away Jalmerson and trade away Panarin. I have to say, looking back on it now, I don't think you should have traded Panarin, obviously. No, no, but trading obviously. Jalmerson for Murphy, obviously Murphy took a little bit of time to get his feet under him in Chicago and it took him like literally until a couple years ago, but – I, I, I don't, I wouldn't think of that as a bad trade. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know um, Jalmerson was Quinville's guy. Um, his top defenseman he used in a lot of situations, but I don't hate that trade looking back on it. Panarin. Yes. Don't do that. Yeah. The Panarin trade. That's, that, that's always going to be kind of painful. The Tara yeah. Vinen stuff. That's always going to be a little bit painful as well. But um, what really ended the team though, was the fact that after that year, that's when Marion Hosa stopped playing. He got hurt, uh, his injury right. with his skin condition. And then that following year, you had Corey Crawford get hurt. Yep. And so, he was never the same after that. No. Never. Well, he, he was still good. He, he had a good stretch towards was, the end here, but he, he did have some um, injury issues after that. But no, yeah. but like, if you think about it, after that injury, he was never, he, I mean, yeah, he did have a couple of years, good years towards the end. Don't get me wrong, but he was, he was very good, more than yeah. he got credit for before that injury and right. then obviously well, it just it, showed the rest how, is history it showed how much they relied on him after yeah. he was not available anymore and they're right exactly. i mean honestly they're, exactly. they've still been trying to fit fix that goalie position where they don't they yeah haven't had no i mean guy i mean cam ward marty turco yeah. all those guys i mean obviously you there's guys like henrik lundquist and you know carrie price but i'd have to put Corey crawford in that conversation too of the fact that he was reliable and good for his team for that long and I'll admit, like, back in the day, I, I was a little bit of a hater of Corey Crawford, and I was, like, an, like an anti-Niemi guy uh, for, you know, think, you know, keep I wanted to keep – wanted the Hawks to keep him around more. But thankfully they didn't because Crawford – yeah, like, he's in that conversation. Maybe the stats aren't as dominant as Lundquist and Price, but something could be said for playing goaltender in the Stanley Cup playoffs for two years and winning two Stanley Cups. I mean, was robbed of a con smite. Um, yeah, and can Lundqvist or Carey Price say that they have a Stanley Cup ring on their finger? No, Crawford said Crawford could say he has two, um, and that's it says a lot. I mean, goalie's obviously very hard position to play, and don't get me wrong, Henrik Lundqvist, Carey Price both deserve the ultimate respect, but Corey Crawford is absolutely in the in the same conversation as those two goaltenders. Um, and maybe we sound biased because we're Hawks fans, but I mean, like you, you can't so, argue that you can't. I'll never, I'll never forget this quote. This is from, 
I got this on Twitter from Scott King. Um, you'll like this too, Pat. This is John Cooper, right? Like, um, I think Corey Crawford was injured or he was about to retire. And he said this, just looking from afar and having played those guys in the Stanley Cup final, you can sit here and talk about Taze, Kane, and Keith, all those guys. But it's Crawford that was the calming influence, especially in the games when we were pressing in the games um, that we could have pulled out that we didn't. It was Crawford that stopped us. And then all those guys took over after that. So with so you're talking um, a look back at his resume. If he continues a little bit more longevity here, it'll be hard to keep him out of the Hall, hall of Fame conversation. This was in 2018. Obviously, then he kind of got hurt and um, his career kind of ended a little bit later on. But and, and listen he, to where that's one of those players from. that I think he needs to. He should his number should be retired. But keep going. Absolutely no. Like look, listen to who's saying that. John Cooper, John Cooper, yeah, John Cooper, one of the best coaches in the NHL right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, but to recognize to the get, fact that it wasn't Taze, Kane, Keith that really beat us, right? It was Crawford right. during you think back about all those times where the Blackhawks just weren't doing anything offensively and they were just Crawford was making save after save after save right. in those close games. Any right. other goalie probably would have let up a goal and that would have been the and, difference for the team, but we but we saw it. We, like yeah. you said, once he got injured, he was gone. We saw how. The Blackhawks regressed that much more right. when they didn't have him in net, and he never got the credit he deserved. Um, and still, 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 right now, like, until he's in the Hall of Fame, until he gets his number retired, like if those things happen, he still hasn't gotten the proper respect that he truly deserves as a mm-hmm. goaltender. Because, I mean, like you said, like I mean, other other coaches and players know it, and and uh, yeah, I mean, like you said. To this day, Blackhawks still haven't really figured out. I mean, they have Flurry, but that's not a long-term right it's answer not. there. No, no. But I, I wrote an article about it. I think Lankinen makes sense for the future. Um, I think he's going to work out for at least to be a good one A option while you're trying to wait for that next like Drew Camesso, Arvid Soderblom guys to come up and fill the net. I think having Lincoln and play behind Mark Andre Fleury this year is great for him. For sure. And it, and it puts them in a position where they don't need a flurry next year. They can run with Lincoln. In. You know what I mean? And they could maybe like we even said, this is a whole different conversation, but use flurry as something to maybe, you know, maybe exactly. get a second round pick or whatever it may be. But um, yeah, no, like he, uh, I think that's a, a good point there is, you know, being around Flurry, who is one of the best to, to do it as well. You could talk about him going to the Hall of Fame. Um, it's good for Lincoln to see that and get those pointers from such a good goaltender. Well, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, call it a day? I don't think so. I think we, uh, <laughs> we cover a lot on this episode. Um, I, yeah. think, uh, I think we're in a good spot. Uh, hopefully, We'll have more hockey after the break, but until then, we, we don't really have much to talk about until, you know, like we'll, we can reminisce about the past and talk about what could be done, but until there's actual hockey to talk about, um, that's kind of what we got to do. That's why yeah. we're here. Well, thank you for listening to everybody and have a great day. Go Hawks. And we'll catch you when there's some action to talk about again. Yes, sir. Go Hawks. <laughs>